You're listening to the Lucas Askew Experience. Now, here's your host, the one and only, Lucas Askew. Hello world, welcome to the Lucas Askew Experience. Happy Canada Day weekend for all those celebrating in my native land. It's the 150th anniversary of our great country, and I am proud to this day to call myself a citizen. And also, happy 4th of July weekend for all the American listeners. May it be full of fireworks, barbecue, or whatever else you guys do on this long weekend. And for any other foreign listeners out there, first of all, thank you from any other countries. I hope you're celebrating some semblance of independence, and I appreciate your continued listening presence. Today's podcast episode is near and dear to my heart. Sometimes I chat about widespread topics. I bring people on to, to share their life story. But today, it's a personal favorite of mine. For the past 17 years, there's been one television program that has captivated me and has been a part of all the stages of my life. Through the past 18 seasons, yes, they did two seasons in one year, this show has brought humor and filled the content viewing void of the summertime. It spawned catchphrases as power of veto and expect the unexpected. Now, if you don't know by now, I'm talking Big Brother. It is back for BB19, and today on the pod, I'm giving you the season preview you need to hear from a fellow longtime listener. I'll get to him in a second, but first, forewarning, this was recorded a couple days ago, and new episodes of the show have occurred. And now, to the preview. Welcome back to the Lucas Askew Experience. Today, it's all about Big Brother, and who better to bring on, well, actually, I, sh- I shouldn't say that. No, we didn't bring my older brother, Christopher, back on again for the third time. Even though you've been clamoring for him, we've, uh, we've, we've brought in another special guest. Today, bringing in my brother from another mother, Kelsey Philpot, coming on the show. Kelsey, welcome to Lucas Askew Experience. Thank you, sir. It's a, it's a true pleasure to be on the show uh, this evening. It's, uh, I've been waiting a long time for my number to get called. I, I kind of quite feel like that 14-year-old kid at the Ontario Hockey League uh, expansion draft uh, that uh, waited all day to get his name picked, and, and that that GM, seeing that one lonely kid at the back of the stands uh, that probably shouldn't have attended the draft in the first place, finally getting his name called. So I appreciate the the opportunity. You know, I, I I saw something in you that other other GMs didn't. Um, even though people have talked about your track record, you've you might be a little bit uh, abrasive to certain coaches. But you know, I I, I feel that you're a person that I, I want in my clubhouse, and uh, there there was no better person to really talk about the game of Big Brother, what it means to to us, and then what it means to culture because. As you know, I believe Big Brother is a microcosm of our society today, as well as 20 years ago when it when it started. So happy to uh, happy to have you on here. And for for those that don't know, Kelsey and I we met in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Well, New Berlin, a suburb of Milwaukee. Uh, worked together at former company GMR Marketing, who's headquartered in Wisconsin. Kelsey jet-setted his way to San Francisco. I followed him. Now he's in New York, and 
no plans for me to follow him now. We'll see what the, the future holds. But um, Kelsey, dear friend of mine and a, a big brother connoisseur as well. I believe you've watched every season except one, or have you watched all 19 Big Brother seasons? I have watched every season uh, with the exception of the the couples season yeah. from like was it 2008 but it was a winter season I was I was in Bordeaux France for uh, I was still back in, in college on a, an exchange my senior year and that was that was the only one that I, I haven't seen but I, I will say that I've I have been bad from time to time uh, from year to year at not finishing out the season I, I, I tend to be that big brother fan that hooks into a crew or into a certain favorite person or a couple of people and as soon as they're out um, my interest tends to wane so I, I i've been good with our friendship the last couple of years driving through the end uh, but yeah definitely well, uh, I'm, an avid fan i'm glad i didn't call you a super fan though because that that would have been the wrong title a real super fan watches through and through to the end and I agree. There's been a couple seasons that have been very difficult to watch to the end. I remember a couple seasons ago with Steve winning the winning the five hundred thousand dollar check. That was a, it. Was a tough season to watch. Last season, I, I think they ramped up the old uh, talent pool um, and felt it was a good season throughout. And obviously Nicole coming back and, and winning the five hundred thousand dollar prize. And now we got Big Brother nineteen. A full new cast and crew uh, with one returning vet, so should be should be a good time. So we'll we'll go through the roster. Uh, obviously, we're taping this the the day after the the season premiere, so we'll run through the roster, give our sleeper picks, our uh, our top picks, and then what Kelsey and I have done in years past, we actually draft teams and and follow it through the end. So you, the listener get to hear uh, what goes on in our minds as we, uh, we draft Big Brother style. Um, so let's, uh, without further ado, let's, let's jump right in. So looking at my, my roster sheet right now, and the, the first person that came up, Christmas Abbott. Uh, interesting name. I, I hope she was born in the month of December or her parents really just loved the holiday. Uh, what were your initial, initial thoughts about, uh, about Christmas? Well, a couple of things, actually. Um, I, I didn't realize this, you know, and I guess that just shines a big glaring light on the fact that I'm not a super fan. Um, I, w- I would call myself an avid fan, but a, a, a casually avid fan, perhaps. It, they actually release the cast for these shows, as I've also come to learn they do it with The Bachelor Bachelorette as mm-hmm. well, a week or two in advance. And a buddy of mine at work uh, who works down in our Charlotte office uh, is also a fan of the show and had been reading through the cast with his kids. They watch it together. It's kind of a cool little bonding thing that they do. And, and he said, you know, I've only ever met one person with the name Christmas in my life before. She came in to interview here in Charlotte about five, six years ago. And so he looked up her profile. And sure enough, it was the same woman. So Christmas has, uh, has at one point in her life um, been looking for, for work with, with GMR. And I think that was in and around the time that she was trying to be a NASCAR pit crew, uh, the first female NASCAR pit crew person. Uh, but you look at her, and she just screams CrossFit. Yeah. She? Mm-hmm. And she she ended up 
becoming that female uh, first female pit crew individual. At least that's what her bio said. Yeah, yeah, it was funny because I, I was talking to, to the guy at work again today, and, and apparently it sounds like she made the practice team, but she, she actually didn't make it onto uh, onto the track for, for a real live race. So, you know, with all things in, in, in showbiz, they kind of tend to exaggerate to play up the story. But Yeah, exactly. Certainly, yeah, certainly she, she's got the intelligence level. She's an entrepreneur. She's very driven, very competitive. I was telling the other night when, you know, it was her and, and I, I can't remember the name of the two other folks, I'm sure I will in a minute, when it was either compete or vote in order to, to see who was the first person evicted. And she was sort of, she was smart about it. She, she's like, I don't want to put too much of a target on my back. I know that people are going to look at me and think that I compete and I can, but let me test where the rest of the the housemates are and then see how they react to me. And I thought that was the first sign of someone that's playing the game at a, a deeper level than what we usually see right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I think she showed there that she has the, the mental game. So we, we know she has the, the physical game uh, with the CrossFit background. And you see a lot of the times someone that's on the block first week they don't get evicted, and then they they tend to either go under the radar and make a run. Um, you remember, like Dan uh, of years past was up on the block first week. People wanted him out. Um, he saved the vote, and then ultimately um, went on to to win the five hundred thousand dollar prize. So, I, I like Christmas, not just the holiday, but I think she's she she's got kind of the the mix of so, strong social skills, strong physical game. She's a threat. Whether or not someone on a, an opposing alliance takes her out, um, that's that's to be seen. Well, and it's interesting, too, your point to kick this thing off. You know, Big Brother being a microcosm for life, I often look at um, the, the parallels between Big Brother and the political world. It's all about who at the moment in time has created the most noise or most drama. And as soon as someone steps one level higher than you, the target's immediately off off your back. And I think that that is what in, in large part explains how so many people maybe take a misstep in the first week or two of the season, but they save themselves and then someone else steps up. You know, it's, it's um, Paul looked like that guy last year that was probably going to go out. And then Davon and Frank started their whole big beef and Paul learned his lesson and sort of just faded into the background for three, four weeks until he could build some trust and some friendship with the other castmates. Mm-hmm. Time will tell with Christmas, but I think she's, she's in a, a good place if she can stay a little low um, and take the target off her back. Um, Speaking about staying low, actually, not not really. It's a bad transition, but Matt Matthew Kleins. I don't know why I'm giving last names, just because we we won't even know their last names on the show. So I'll stop doing that moving forward. But Matthew, the salt and pepper look, only 34 years old, I believe he said. The the George Clooney of the, this household. I like him, not because that's what I want to look like in a few years, because I'm going gray. But I think he's got that, that fun personality. People want to be around him. You know he's got strength. Um, I think that's a, it's a good competition or good combination of the two skills. Um, I, I think he's someone you want to partner with and align. 
if I'm starting an alliance, if I'm Paul, I'm, I'm looking at a guy like Matthew um, as someone I would want as a running mate um, because I think he's he looks trustworthy, whether or not he actually is. What are your thoughts on the uh, salt and pepper Matt? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's sort of a triple threat, and well, maybe just a double threat. He's certainly got the looks, and I don't think I've ever seen the opening series or the opening episode of a Big Brother series focus on four or five female reactions consecutively <laughs> to the same character. You know, usually mm-hmm. it'll be, oh my God, that guy's a hunk. And then they move on to talking about the next person during the introduction. But it was girl after girl after girl that was like, give me a piece of that silver. Um, so, yeah, you know, one thing that was striking to me that he said, I think even prior to getting into the house as they were doing their key reveal, which, which to me is so bloody annoying. Like, the camera is there. They've got the whole family around. And then they fake this reaction, like, oh, my God, I'm in the Big Brother house. I know. You knew you were going into the Big Brother house. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think they could at least chop that down significantly. Like, we don't need 20 minutes of 16 people and their their stories. Like, just get to the, the goods of, like, do you want to backstab? Do you have that conversation, but not the, the surprise reaction. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, one of the things he did say in, in sort of that one-on-one with the camera was that I'm I'm loyal to a fault, and maybe that'll get me in trouble. Uh, and I thought that was interesting because when you say Paul and Matt, you know, that I I could see there being a friendship there. Uh, challenges that you know Paul got along with Paulie mm-hmm. and with Victor last year. All those guys were like 24, 25. Paul's now 24. He said yesterday, uh, Matt's 20. Now, Matt's 34, Cody is 30-plus, and already doesn't seem to like him. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see who Paul finds himself with this year. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Moving on to Dominique, the engineer that told people that she's a motivational speaker. I think it's a strong tactic not to come out that uh, you have the brains. Um, I definitely see her independent and intelligent, TBD of whether or not she'd blow up and, and start drama. A female African-American are usually typecast in this show um, as someone that will stir up drama. I don't know. I, I see her a little bit more a little bit more reserved. Um, I think she's got a good head on her shoulders. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on her uh, simply because I, I think you, you make a great point. They have typecast African-American females on this show um, in the past and, and just African Americans in general as these wild outlandish characters they've either been gay and flamboyant mm-hmm. or um, in your face and, and brash um, and obviously that, that is just um, incorrect on so many levels but it, it plays the entertainment value but what we're seeing across the entertainment spectrum these days for example with and I don't know her name but the first black bachelorette in the history of the show um, uh, finally some crossover into the mainstream normalities of, of, of just regular people that these african-american folks are able to play in these reality shows that I, I think maybe cbs is is pulling for the same thing 
you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those at home screaming, I, I know it's Rachel. Just wanted to make sure that we got the, the correct information to the masses. But coming up on Elena Davies. And again, I, I don't know why I went the full name with this one, but uh, I'm reading my teleprompter too much. But Elena, the only thing I remember of her is her giving Paul the cheese sandwich um, during the impression phase. Not much else. Any Anything that you had written down about Elena? Yeah, I mean, I thought she said she was a radio personality. That, um, yes, that is correct. Yeah. It, she just kind of screams floater, right? Like she's probably going to have a, a an under-the-radar social game where she... She listens. Well, it's tough because radio people are so vocal, right? I, I don't know how to read her, but certainly didn't get the sense that she is much of a competitive threat. Um, but certainly also didn't seem to be one that would be the most loyal person either. And, mm-hmm. and, I mean, certainly the way that we do this draft and the way that you and I always talk about this game, all you've got are you know 30 seconds worth of TV time and first impressions to, to make a decision. Exactly. And I think you, you bring up a good point there of she is a radio personality, but I didn't get the, usually with radio personalities, myself included, uh, you can tell that we're boisterous and loud. I didn't get that with her. I think she was, at least she was playing it off at a little bit more reserved. So I think I would peg her down for a floater or kind of number four or five in the alliance that is definitely willing to flip as the power shifts within the house. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So next up, Jason. And speaking about typecasting, Big Brother loves cowboys. Like, I, I, I don't know why. Year after year, they bring back, whether it be Asian cowboy James last year, Caleb from a couple years back, they just love cowboys. And maybe... That's their marketing team saying, you know what? We want to focus on the Midwest and get eyeballs from the Midwest watching the show, even though I'm stereotyping them as cowboys and probably inaccurately. I'm, I'm still shocked. They continue to go after uh, the cowboy character. But I like this guy. I really do. I think he's, I think he's energetic. He brings excitement. He's 37. Um, which looks great for 37. It's a little oddball with being a rodeo cowboy, like rodeo clown cowboy. So I think he's got some edge, and I don't think, at least in the first couple weeks, um, they're going to be targeting him. I like Jason to uh, ride off into, uh, not the sunset, but at least for a couple weeks. Yeah, and it's funny too. I, I often wonder... They certainly have to be get be getting more sophisticated with the way that they cast these shows, the data that's available to them these days in terms of who's watching and then on social, what types of people are most engaged and mm-hmm. being able to segment and tier those people. I mean, if, if we're seeing uh, a number of, of, of cowboys, it's probably because there is a segment of, the audience, a, a significant and material segment that's that's watching, and, and it gives them someone to root for. But you know, for me, he checked a number of boxes. There's the southern, 
there's the southern box there's the loud and flashy box but there's also the family family guy box you know talking about his kid um you know he's he's one of those guys that probably could be like a fan favorite at the end of the season depending on how far he goes mm-hmm. yeah remember like i think it was like big brother three like uh, or at least the the season that drew one that was cowboy another cowboy was a fan favorite got to the end so there, there's something about the the cowboy model they they do well in this game so definitely one to keep an eye on speaking about keeping an eye on jessica enough said uh i think jessica to me is the prototypical attractive female from la or from california I think the guys at least most of the single ones were are attracted to her that will keep her around but i don't know i think she might rub people a little bit the wrong way um and i could see her starting some drama within the house especially if there's another all girls alliance then there will definitely be trouble but um I'm not as high on on Jessica. What are your what are your predictions for Miss Jessica? Uh, yeah, I mean, at, at first blush, she is. You know, we talk about typecasting, and I sense that's going to be a theme throughout the conversation. She is that smoke show that mm-hmm. turns heads and also gets another certain segment of the audience to tune in every week. <laughs> Uh, but she also said she's a super fan. I mean, who's to say? At this point, I feel like that that super fan moniker is thrown out without proper justification. Like Steve, super fan, super nerd. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, I don't know. There are a number of people who said that. Uh, so yeah, she's she's a wild card. Mm-hmm. So that's a kind of the, the top row of six individuals. Um, Mark, the teddy bear guy with muscles, is what I wrote down to rem- to remind me of Mark. Um, I think we saw this with Corey last year. Um, I don't want to say this guy is all bronze and and no brains. I hope he's got a little bit uh, up top, um, the most important muscle. But I don't know. I, I think he he's going to be someone that. I do think he gets targeted, though, um, if he doesn't have power in the first couple weeks, just because he is someone that they will view as, we need to get out of the house. Remember The Rock or Devin from a couple years ago? Maybe not quite as crazy as, as Devin was, but I could see him uh, being an early target. Yeah, it, it's funny. I, I'll tell you what I had written down as I was... I was watching through the episode yesterday i've got huge dude semicolon loves pink semicolon meathead question mark uh, i think that summarizes i think pretty well i think he's got a probably stronger social game than we might let on he seems to be a really nice guy and it's telling to me that he got a friendship bracelet speaking about uh friendship bracelets or lack thereof megan the dog walker who also is was a interrogator for the seals. Definitely a uh, dichotomy of, of different occupations there. Crazy hair. I like her actually. Not be not just because of the crazy hair. Usually the crazy hair plays well in in past seasons. 
I think she's really strong in terms of she's kind of identified the the offbeat or misfit group and aligned with them early. I think she can pivot to the other groups and and fit in. Like I don't think she's strongly tied with the misfits um, as opposed to the other side of the house. So I, I like her to really float along a little bit, but utilize a strong social game to to get her um, far in the game. Yes, yeah, certainly shades of Derek in terms of the undercover police work. And, and for the folks at home, she's not a Navy SEAL interrogator. She'd work for the Navy as an interrogator. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you for correcting me. Yeah, with, with the most respect to all of the men and women that serve in the military, but also those folks that serve in the SEALs, I... Um, I, I don't know that she would have made the seals. Fair enough. Josh Martinez. You want to talk about someone that will start drama? He is built for just stirring up the pot. You can tell he's loud, he's boisterous. When he picked that apple and saw that he was safe, let everyone know that he was still safe. Had a weird conversation with, with Paul um, and was excited that Paul didn't select him for a friendship bracelet, which I think showed a little bit of there was something up top that he understood the game, that they wouldn't be aligned. But Josh is no victor from last year. I don't think he's a competition beast. I don't think Paul's as tight with him. And I, I just I don't like someone that is that hot of a head and is willing to erupt at any time. So I think he's out within the first three weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because there were two guys last year that you and I had both sort of identified, and you could tell with our draft. I was looking back at the draft on our Google Doc today. Uh, Jose and Paul. <laughs> yep. Both just really loud and obnoxious, and, and you could see Paul and Devon getting into it last year in the, in the team games, bickering back and forth. I'm like, okay, this is going nowhere. Paul recovered. Jose did. And, and you know, I think it's an Abe Lincoln quote that says, uh, you know, the test of a man is not his character, but what he does when he assumes power. Um, you know, I, I think that also is, as we talk about another theme of the conversation, the, the parallels between big brother in life really interesting to see who these people really are once they have some small iota of power um, i sensed a bit more fun loving in josh less malice less ego than than just sort of a, a young kid that is really excited to be on the show and really proud to be a miami and a cuban and to to show you know that his heritage on national tv but who knows no. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking about who knows, Cody Nixon. This was someone that immediately when he walked in the house, I'm like, okay, I want to target this individual. It looks strong. Looks like he's well put together, just in terms of his mental makeup. Um, he had a uh, he's a single parent, had a a kid at home, so I think can touch on from an emotional standpoint, but. Just the at least the shots that I, they were showing on on the premiere, 
they had him just like alone in a, in a room before Julie would come on. His conversation with Paul seemed very, well, very non-existent, and he didn't want any part of Paul, um, which talk talk a little bit about it later. But I think it's never a great thing to kind of set your line in the sand with the returning players or player in this instance. You kind of want to pretend to be buddy-buddy, then you backdoor. So I didn't really like his gameplay in shutting off Paul, and, and I'm worried that his ability to not connect socially is going to get him in hot water. Yeah, I, I have the same fear. Unquestionably someone that can compete on the physical level. But yeah, I definitely noticed the same thing, that he lacked a social awareness uh, and anytime you bring pride into the big brother house i think more often than not you're going to be walked out the door uh, sooner than you would like mm-hmm. and in that case you got to know you not you don't have to suck up with with anybody but just have a normal conversation and that that i think was all that paul was trying to do is just to establish some basis for a relationship and some basis for vetting okay is this someone that I'd want to work with um, are, are there traits that I can pick up on and Cody Cody showed that but in a way by not saying anything that he's he's probably not a guy that Paul wants to work with absolutely absolutely Alex the video gamer I think she showed a lot of her competition chops in that very tough endurance competition of holding that rope for over an hour plus and just lost out to Cody there. I I kind of like her. I think she's a little fiery, but I think she's got a good um, good head on her shoulders and, and willing to play strategically. Obviously, she's a, a gamer at heart from a video game background, so I think she has the mindset to at least think one or two moves ahead. Um, so as long as she can kind of survey the land, maybe develop a friendship with, um, whether it be a Jessica or like a Jason, I think she could do damage. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think she's uh, she's interesting. She's one to watch because I, I think by by the fact that she's small and a bit geeky and a, a woman, people will overlook her. Um, and also maybe because of the way that she looks, she's also quite attractive. Uh, prone to think that she perhaps doesn't have everything upstairs, again, to the point of how they typecast these characters. That's what I really like this year is, you know, from an appearance perspective, they've, they've sort of balanced the ratio. They're still well underpopulating the african-american and hispanic portions of the united states but mm-hmm. from a character standpoint it's a lot more deceiving and a lot more balanced i thought this year and she was one of them that sort of just breaks the mold and i, I loved her comment at the the end of that competition uh, where she basically told cody that you know he can go stuff it a few more uh jillian i actually have no comment on her partly because i really didn't get much she could go next week or float along for another seven weeks. I really don't think you'll know that she's in the house. Dude, I was going to say the same thing. Like, I, I almost fell asleep when you said her name. She is just uninteresting. She's, va- she's vanilla. Actually, I like vanilla. 
this would be yeah. a step below vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> Moving yeah. on. Uh, Kevin, who might be the most interesting looking character in this entire season. I, I, I forget who mentioned that he looked like a villain to a superhero movie. The perfect casting right there. Like I if you if you were to put him in a movie as a villain, what movie would that have been? Oh man. Uh, well, given the fact that Despicable Me Three is coming out in the next couple weeks, it, it, he, he kind of reminded me of like a real life form of one of those more or less harmless villains in a cartoon film that you know probably deep down inside is a decent guy that just wants to be accepted by society uh, but won't be and, and therefore he does screwed up things because he's a little insecure uh, but a really interesting guy to have seven kids to be a stay at home dad six of those children being women females mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God bless him. And, I mean, and kudos to him locking in that 25K. You know, yeah. that I think that was the, the perfect competition, too. You could lock in the 25K, no one will know, and you're unleashing the ramifications on the house with someone else coming in, which ultimately wasn't great for the overall house. But the odds of that impacting you, I think, are great. Ultimately, he, he can't win HOH this next week, but... I don't think he's going to have a problem throwing that or just being normal and not winning it. Yeah, can't can't disagree with any of that. Ramses. Ramses. I don't even know how to say his name. I'm not a fan at all. Maybe it's I just don't understand cosplay or that world <laughs> in, in general. So I have a negative stigma towards it. Obviously, he's 21 looks younger. I think he feels a little bit younger of that from a maturity standpoint. He probably stays around a little bit, but his personality does seem very loud, very flamboyant, and it's a recipe for disaster um, in terms of getting by week to week. Yeah, you know, I'm... um... Perhaps not as bothered by him. I, in in many ways, also saw the same out of Megan as I did him. Like he's he's a gay, he's a comic book geek. He does cosplay. All of those things make him less of a target. Uh, you know, especially in the, the first four or five weeks, where people are seemingly more conscious of the competitive targets the, mm-hmm. the physical competitors in the in the house than they are the mental ones because it's it's so much easier to identify someone that's good at physical competitions or just good at competitions in general than it is to understand who has the best social game um, but yeah i mean to your point there are always again is that typecasting concern that ramses is just another flamboyant gay dude that you know, says something to piss someone off and then they get into a battle and either he goes home or the other person goes home, but he's got that stigma attached to him for the rest of the show. And I, I hope 
you know, the big brothers sort of turning over a new leaf and, and picking different types of characters uh, for what would otherwise be, you know, a, a set type of individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm interested to see, especially someone young, you saw Steve kind of grow up a little bit in terms of he was yeah. had trouble from a social standpoint and, and kind of grew and developed his own character. I'm I'll be interested to see if Ramsey's grows up a little bit in the in the house and helps him outside of his house or outside of this the Big Brother house just in general. Yeah. Raven, the ghost chaser, definitely a unique individual. Um, I think. Someone mentioned Cindy Lou Who from the uh, Grinch that stole Christmas. Actually, looks somewhat similar. I I, I actually kind of like her. I, I I think she's she's an oddball, but right right off the hop, doesn't strike me as someone that we need to get out of the house right away. And I think she can be manipulated a little bit. So people will will take her on in terms of an alliance standpoint. Um, definitely someone that that makes it to jury. Yeah, yeah, I, I could go either way. You know, that, there's like the one side of her that is the naive ghost whisperer or ghost investigator uh, chick that just doesn't seem like she's very harmless or even got a clue and, and therefore will kind of float. And the other part of it, I can also see the conniving nature of her and uh, she might not be as innocent as she looks. So she's a wild card. And before we get to the last contestant, I wanted to at least give some, pay some homage to the first member that was voted out of Big Brother 19 you won't really hear from him, and that is Cameron. Last night, I felt I felt so bad for the the guy. He calls himself a, a super fan as well, but you could see he had been dreaming about this for a long time. And the fact that you come into the house and don't even get to sleep a night—that was tough. It was heart wrenching to me. But ultimately, he he didn't connect with. A large portion of the house and I think one of the themes that I saw that could be interesting you noticed the people that voted them out all females so it'll be interesting to see if we have an all-girls alliance if there's something that that's formed that actually sticks and, and works a little bit more um, but I, I definitely saw a, a divide in that in that side and unfortunately Cameron is is going back home um, a little too little too soon. Yeah, I agree. It's really tough to see someone that's clearly dreamt about being on the show ousted. I'm inclined to think that he'll get another chance. It seems like they do the let's bring the first four people evicted back for a shot to get into the house. It feels like they're doing that basically every year now. Yeah. Um, and we could maybe see him recast on another show. Hard to say, but certainly put myself in, in his shoes if I really wanted to be on that show that bad. And hell, if, if either of us were American, I think we would have applied every year, year over since we were both 21. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that would be really tough not to get even a shot to, to be competitive. And he voted to compete too, right? Yeah. He was the one guy that said, I want to. 
I want to go up against the girls. Yeah. It's uh, it's tough. Yeah, and I I think he he probably would have beaten Jillian in a competition, but oh that's, yeah, Hard. yeah, that's not the way the cookie crumbled. Um, so last <laughs> last character um, on the list, the the one returning veteran, the fan favorite from last year, maybe somewhat polarizing, Paul, looking as polish as ever in terms he's got more rings on this this year definitely the same beard structure you could tell he's played the game before he didn't want to ruffle too many feathers in terms of sides of the house he kept it even girls and guys a meticulous um, display of selecting those individuals for the bracelet and obviously with a veteran the target is on your back right off the hop. But I could see, and I think it, for me, it would be my strategy to align with a veteran early on because they've played the game. You have at least a little bit of the target is on them and not you. So I, I could see, and you saw a little bit with people wanting to be friends with him. I can see him doing damage early on. He's, he's a seasoned individual at the ripe old age of 24. And right. um, I'm, I'm excited from an entertainment value that they brought him back and allow him to kind of almost be the face of BB-19. Yeah, and, and you know this. I was super vocal about it last year, thinking that he got robbed. I didn't think that Nicole deserved to win. I didn't think that she did enough by their the competitions or in her social game. Uh, you know, she was she was smart in the sense that she was able to align with some folks, um, and she she pulled off some lies toward the end. But uh, Paul, the, the way he played last year, one of the greatest performances I've seen. You know, this side of of Will Kirby in Big Brother history. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought he deserved to be rewarded. So we'll see. I mean, it's really tough to come into this game, uh, you know, sh- short of Mike Boogie, and, and finish number two one year and then go on to win a second time. But you know, I-, I think he's got a shot at it. So there you go. The 17, now 16, with, with Cameron uh, already evicted. That was That was quite the list. You've got... All spectrums should be an exciting season. Great way to close the show, by the way. Oh, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> and then the phone rings. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kelsey, this has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. And appreciate you taking the time. We, we will obviously be watching all season long, giving updates to the loyal listeners of, of how the how the season's going. We'll come back at the end and, and do a finale recap episode, but uh, really appreciate the time today and, and safe travels to Wyoming this weekend. Thank you, good sir. It's uh, We're actually flying into Denver tomorrow morning and then driving up six hours to Sheridan for the wedding. Uh, but we've got an RFP going on, and so I'm going to spend the better part of those six hours probably locked on the phone much to the chagrin of my three vehicle mates that won't be able to blast the tunes and open the windows. Yeah, I, I'd be a little disappointed. I, I hope you, you pay a little bit more in gas money as a result. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's a fair point, dude. Um, 
Well, I, I know it's I know it's late your time. We're doing the the three hour delay um, podcast here, so I'll let you let you get to bed. But uh, again, thank you for coming on the the show, breaking down Big Brother. There's no greater time. Well, there there could be greater times in the year, but no greater time this summer. BB nineteen. We have the wonderful Julie Chen back for another season. Can't wait to watch three episodes every week. <laughs> Been starving for television content since Game of Thrones was delayed. So exactly, exactly. So you 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 take care, and we'll uh, we'll be in touch soon. All right, brother. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Here were the results of our fantasy draft, where we each pick players to collect points based on their performance throughout the season. The farther you go, the more competitions you win, the more points you earn. Simple as that. So for Team Kelsey, he has Ramsey's, Alex, Paul, Jessica, Mark, Cody, Jillian, and Josh. And for Team Lucas, a.k.a. Team Otev, a.k.a the three-time champ, I have Christmas, Jason, Dominique, Megan, Raven, Kevin, Elena, and my boy, George Clooney, a.k.a. Matt. You can catch the draft in its entirety on Big Brother After Dark, airing on Showtime 2. I hope you enjoy the summer of temptation that is Big Brother 19, and I will keep you updated on the results in the house. That is all for now, recording live outside the Big Brother house. I am Lucas Askew, saying take care, talk soon, and God bless.